Welcome to Catalytic Conversations. I'm Wendy Dickinson, founder of Ascend. I coach business owners through key transitions that are unknown territory. Growing pains, partnerships that have gone sideways, mergers, family business systems, and displaced CEOs. My clients are experts in their businesses, but not in the theory of family systems. They've reached a point where they need to know how to prepare the next generation, how to let some of the next generation know that they won't be CEO, and how to get the last generation to move out so that the next generation can take over. This season, we will explore family businesses. My guests share their challenges, pivot points, and successes, as well as their secrets to success. As listeners, you have the opportunity to reach out, ask questions, share thoughts, and learn from the experiences of others. Today, I'd like to welcome Dennis Wagner, SBA lender for Atlantic Capital Bank. Dennis, welcome. Thank you very much, Wendy, and I really appreciate you, you know, coming, coming here and having me on the show. Great, thank you. Dennis, tell us a little bit about yourself, about how you got interest, became interested in this. Sure, yeah, so originally I'm from, from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, I work now and live in Richmond, Virginia, um, here locally. Um, I kind of got started, my start in the SBA world after college. Um, I went and worked for a bank called Live Oak Bank down in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, and they're a very large national SBA lender. Um, and so I kind of dove right into the SBA world um, right out of college. Um, I started in their servicing department uh, where I worked with an existing portfolio of, of SBA loans, uh, then moved on to underwriting. Um, and then from there moved on to um, an underwriting manager type of role where I managed a team of underwriters for about two years. So, um, you know, all of that really was a great uh, learning experience for me um, in the SBA world, you know, kind of having that underwriting experience, um, you know, really allowed me to kind of, you know, learn what works, what doesn't work, you know, kind of what the SBA looks for, what's a good opportunity. Um, and so I've really kind of been able to leverage that now as I've transitioned from the underwriting world, you know, more on the analytical side to, you know, kind of being a lender um, here in Richmond with Atlanta Capital Bank. Um, and so, you know, it was a you know, great foundation, you know, of SBA loans and, um, and the, the opportunity to move here to Richmond from Wilmington was, was a great one, you know, professionally and personally. Uh, you know, it was a great chance for me to, you know, uh, kind of join a great organization with, with Atlanta Capital. Um, also, it was a great opportunity for me to kind of start something. Um, you know, here in the state of Virginia, um, Atlanta Capital is a bank in Atlanta, so we don't have any physical presence here in Virginia. So um, I've really kind of been able to, um, you know, create this SBA market for the bank. Um, and then on the personal side, it was also nice to, for my wife and I to get a little closer to home. Uh, you know, in Fredericksburg, we still have our family there. And um, so, you know, it was a great, great opportunity, both professionally and personally. Um, I've been in my role for about a almost a year and a half now, um, so have really really enjoyed it. Been able to help uh, a lot of small business owners along the way, um, and uh, you know it's been been a great ride so far. That's awesome, and it's that experience that you have that I'm really hoping that our listeners are going to benefit from today. Those those opportunities and missed opportunities and ex- and different clients that you've worked with. I think we can all learn from those experiences. So thanks yeah. for being with us. Absolutely. So, as we've talked about this season, we're focused on family businesses, and you've seen a lot, you've helped a lot of business owners. What should family businesses know before they look for a loan from the SBA? 
Yeah, that, that, that's a great question, and you're exactly right. I, I do work, you know, quite a bit with privately held, or almost exclusively with privately held, mm-hmm. you know, family, you know, businesses. Um, and so I think something something to keep in mind with the SBA is that, you know, we are not, you know, the SBA is not kind of a a a, a one size fit all for for every solution for right. every problem. That you know, I think it, it is it serves a, a great purpose. Um, and here at Atlantic Capital, we actually have um, our, our, our motto is we help fuel prosperity for our clients. Um, and so I think, you know, everybody at the company really, you know, really kind of values that and really kind of tries to, uh, to you know, tell them to, to live that and to pass it on to our clients. And, um, and so there are some, you know, specific ways that we can help utilize the SBA or we can utilize the SBA loans to help kind of fuel prosperity for, for our clients. Um, and you know, so I think something you know to kind of look out for is is, or I guess the first thing to consider is why do you need a loan? You know, what is your purpose? You know, are you looking to you know to purchase a business? Are you looking to expand an existing business? Are you looking for capital to start up a business? Maybe, um, you know, kind of having that purpose, um, you know, identifying what you need the capital for, and then having a great plan as to how you're going to use that capital. Um, would kind of be the, the first step, you know, in, in that process for me. So if I just needed operating capital, would that be a good reason to come and, and explore an SBA loan? Um, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, like I said, it's it's not something where, you know, it, it it's, you know, like I said, a kind of one size fit all. Um, and so, you know, operating capital can certainly be incorporated into an SBA loan. Um, but rarely is that the only reason for seeking one. A lot of times, you know, there there are better options out there. Frankly, um, you know, I think where where the SBA loans can really kind of be can add a lot of value and be very effective is kind of one of one of three main areas that that I focus on. Okay, tell us. And so the the first of the three is a a loan if you're looking to acquire a, a business. Um, and so whether you are an individual um, that's looking to buy a business or you are an existing business owner and maybe you have an opportunity for a strategic acquisition mm-hmm. to purchase you know, a similar business and maybe merge, you know, merge the two together. Um, the SBA is, is especially effective in kind of the service-based industries. Um, any industry where there's a lot of intangible assets um, a lot of you know, kind of community, you know, or uh, traditional banks, I suppose, uh, tend to shy away from from loans where there is a lack of collateral. So if there's you know a lack of you know real estate involved or heavy machinery or equipment, um, say for example, um, somebody's looking to buy a an accounting firm, mm-hmm. you know, and the accounting firm, you know, just to use a, a round number, is selling for a million dollars. Um, that million dollars primarily is you know, you're, bu- you're buying a client list, you're buying right. a revenue stream, not necessarily a, you know, a brick and mortar, you know, factory or, or you know, some form of, of hard assets, so hard collateral. So that's where really the SBA can provide a lot of value because we take a different approach to lending. We don't necessarily take a collateral based approach, we take a cash flow based approach. Um, and so we care more about how well the existing business is doing rather than how much collateral is there for us to secure our loan. So let's say somebody wanted to buy a business and they found the accounting firm and it was a million dollars. So so what would be what would be their next step? Would they they contact you then? Or would they wait until they had a chance to do some preliminary negotiations or, or how or let's say should they even 
get in touch with you before they even start looking for a business? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, I would say for for a business acquisition, where especially they're maybe they're an individual looking to buy a business, mm-hmm. I would say once they've identified an, an, a business they're interested in, I think that's a great opportunity for me to get involved. Oh, great! Um, and as they're kind of going through the due diligence process, as they're looking through the financials, I can kind of give them some guidance on, you know, okay, these these are the numbers for the past three years. This is kind of where the the business is trending. You know, this is the per- their asking price, and then I can kind of come back, you know, crunch the numbers, you know, kind of see what what my you know what our lending opportunity would be for for you know based on the numbers and based on the asking price. You know, I can kind of give them a, an estimate of you know what your monthly loan payment would be, how much equity you would have to bring to the tables for a down payment, um, and kind of give them a you know essentially a, a, a frame of reference to to move forward. So. You know, I, I love to get involved as, as, as early as I can. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, it, it's I get involved after the fact and after mm-hmm. you know the LOI is already signed and they've already agreed to a purchase price. And you know, that's a little bit more difficult to you know to kind of you know if if we do need to adjust the price, perhaps you know it's a little bit t- tougher to you know walk back on the price once it's been agreed upon. That's so interesting. So really, you could become almost an advisor or a person's part of their team, let's say, if they come to you soon enough. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think so. And, you know, with my, my underwriting experience, you know, I, I kind of pride myself on being able to pre-qualify deals and, you know, kind of give that, you know, be in that more advisory role that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to be clear to, to point out, you know, I'm kind of advising on a lending perspective, mm-hmm. not necessarily a perspective of, is this the right opportunity for me? Right. I'm just looking at it, you know, as far as okay, this is what the the the, the cash flow of the business generated. This is, you know, what your monthly payment would be. This is what a reasonable salary for yourself would be. Is there enough money left over at the end of the day to, you know, to to make all those payments, and and still have, you know, a little bit of a buffer in case there's, you know, some transition. You know, there's always transition risk in in case there's some, you know, um, some negative uh, effects of, from the, the transition. Yeah, so so that's if somebody wants to buy another business. And yep. so how about, because you mentioned there are three, oper- three times where mm-hmm. you are, really are value added yep. for that, that family business. So you mentioned also real estate acquisitions. Yes. So when would you get involved in that? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, and so we have... We have we were able to lend to a variety of of different commercial real estate applications. Um, however, they always have to be owner owner occupied. Is kind of the the buzzword that we use a lot. Owner occupied commercial real estate. Okay. And what that means is if you're buying an existing building, um, you need so the small business needs to occupy more than fifty one percent of the business or of the building. Okay. And then if you're building a new building, so ground up construction, then that number is 61%. It needs to occupy 61% or more of that building. Um, And so, you know, like I said, there's a number of different uses for it. Uh, We have a program that's that's especially useful for for small business owners um, called a rent replacement program. Um, And what that program is, um, is essentially if you are a small business owner and you're currently leasing space, so say you're in a 2,500 square foot leased condo, um, and you are you're a growing business. Maybe you're you know three or four years old. You're you're kind of you know, you're still still emerging, still growing, um, and now you're you're limited to your growth 
or your, your space is limiting your growth. So yes. now you need to look for a larger, larger location, maybe a freestanding building, you know, it's get some extra square footage, more parking, better visibility. Uh, but because you're a new business owner, you, you haven't built up the capital to put, you know, 15, 20% down on a, a new building. Right. And so that's where the SBA and through this rent replacement program, we can add a lot of value is that we can do these opportunities where essentially you're replacing your rent expense with a mortgage expense. Um, and th there are a few, you know, a few more factors that go into it, but you know, for, for simplicity's sake, you know, essentially if you're looking to replace your rent expense with a mortgage expense, um, you know, you can qualify for this program and we can offer, you know, 95% um, loan to value instead of the traditional 85, maybe 80%. So, you know, significantly lowering the amount of down payment that you, you would have to bring to the table. Okay, so when's the ideal time for someone to give you a call if they're anticipating or they realize that this is happening, that they they're, can't grow any farther because of their space? Yeah, uh, another great question. Um, so, you know, I, I would say in this case, because you're already going to be an existing business owner, um, the earlier the better. Um, I can kind of act like a... Um, you know, someone like a mortgage lender in this case, because I can kind of look at your cash flow, you know, maybe look at your personal finances and give you an idea of what you could probably qualify for. And then what that loan um, could look like, you know, as far as monthly payment. Um, a lot of times people are surprised um, that they're, if they're looking to buy a building, um, that their monthly payment to, to purchase is pretty similar to what they're paying now in rent, wow. um, unless they're really looking to grow, you know, very on a large scale. Um, you know, so, you know, kind of just giving, you know, giving you an idea of what your, your loan budget could look like, what your potential down payment could look like, what your monthly, your monthly payment could look like, um, you know, of course, just kind of using estimates, but, you know, it gives people a great starting point, you know, to kind of, you know, if they're early stages, you know, when they just realize, okay, I, I need a new space, you know, running out of space here, I want to improve my, you know, improve my space, um, you know, kind of getting involved in the early stages like that allows, allows them to you know, get an idea of what they can afford and what's reasonable. Um, you know, with that being said, oftentimes I, I get brought on a lot later than that <laughs> when you know, purchase contract is, is you know, already in place and the you know, price is agreed upon and you know, all that good stuff, which, which is fine too. You know, I can certainly you know, kind of jump in there, um, but I would say you know, the, the earlier the better um, and that's where I think you know, we can kind of, you know, again, kind of act in that advisory role and kind of you know, help help the clients, you know, get an idea of what their budget could look like. So I guess, you know, as you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask you what are what are some of the mistakes that family businesses make when they seek funding? Mm -hmm. So maybe from what you've said, that's really not a mistake to wait to, until a later stage of those kinds of discussions. Yeah. But it sounds like it might be more under the classification of a missed opportunity. So in other words, your your level of expertise, your experiences may be value added earlier in the conversations the family business is going to have in, in yeah. creating those negotiations and those opportunities. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a good, good way to look at it. Um, you know, a lot of times, like I said, you know, if we do you know, come in after a contract's already established and we have, you know, 30 days due diligence and 30 days to close, you know, we can certainly work with that. Sure. Um, but like you said, I think it might be a missed opportunity because, you know, a lot of folks, you know, may, you know, put an offer in on a, you know, again, just to use a arbitrary number, a million dollar building. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when it comes time to financing, you know, they realize, oh man, I don't have, you know, 20%, $200,000, you know, that I'm able to invest in this property. 
Um, and so, you know, at that point, you know, especially when that that clock starts ticking, you know, as far you know, as far as the due diligence and the closing period, you know, that's when they kind of start scrambling, and you know, then that's when you know I kind of get brought in as a, you know, uh, a cleanup <laughs> essentially. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the earlier you can get involved um, with with a lender, the better. You know, mm-hmm. just you'd be better informed, and and maybe you know maybe it's the case where where you do have twenty percent down. And you know maybe you know working with a, a large national bank or, or a small community bank would be a better fit than SBA loan. Um, so I'll be the first to admit, you know SBA loans, you know like I said in the beginning, aren't you know they're not the perfect solution for every every you know every lending uh, issue. Um, but you know I think there's you know these two examples and then one more that we'll cover here in a little bit um, where they do add a ton of value, um, you know and are, are, are can be a great solution. So I guess the other thing that I'm thinking is that it sounds like there are times where you do refer people. If, if the SBA loan is not a fit, you mm-hmm. refer them on to someone else that you do think would be able to help. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I take, you know, I take my role as kind of a, you know, a, a semi-advisor, um, you know, pretty seriously. And, and I like to, you know, help, like I said, help fuel prosperity for my clients. Um, and so, if I know that my loan solution isn't the best for them, mm-hmm. then, then you know I, I work with bankers all over the state. Um, and so, there's you know, if my solution is not the best, I usually do know somebody um, that would maybe be a better fit. So, right. you know, certainly if if they, they have you know uh, a ton of money that they're able to put willing and able to put down, mm-hmm. um, and they're just looking for the the lowest interest rate possible, then you know that's that's not going to be where we're you know the most competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, however, if they're looking for, um, you know, for a lower down payment option, you know, to kind of help capitalize on, you know, growing business before they have the, you know, the twenty percent needed, you know, then that's where the SBA can can add a lot of benefits. Um, and, and particularly with our real estate loans, we're able to to offer a twenty five year fully amortizing loan term loan, um, and so there's no loan renewals, there's no balloons. Um, so you ha- kind of have the security of, you know, once you make the loan, you're not going to get, you know, go- have to go through underwriting every, every you know, three years or five years. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, once you've you know, made that loan, you're, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's there and you don't have to worry about, <laughs> you know, if you have one bad year and, you know, the bank, you know, kind of coming in to, you know, call their note because you, you slipped below their, uh, you know, your, their debt service coverage requirements. And you know, so I, maybe this is the time. But what are some other things that okay, maybe we won't call them mistakes mm-hmm. and missed opportunities. But can you think of some other situations that fall into that category? Um, yeah, I, I would say um, for for me, you know, kind of doing this now for for a little while, you know, communication is is huge, um, and, and having a good team in place, I think, is also just vitally important. You know, is Depending on obviously what you're looking to do, but you know having an attorney, a team of attorneys, you know CPA, um, you know maybe a business broker if you're looking to buy a business or, or a consultant or you know a, a coach um, you know, of some sort, um, I think I think is really important. You know I think the more the more help you can have, especially if it's a large move for your business, you know whether you're looking to you know like I said we said earlier you know buy that million dollar business or maybe now you're looking to you know grow your grow your business and you know buy that million dollar building. I think it's really important to have a good team, you know, and, and bankers included, you know, on your side to to kind of help, um, you know, help you reach your goal. Yeah. So, you know, that's 
you know, again, maybe not a mistake, but I think maybe a missed opportunity. There were, you know, I've seen people that that try and you know do everything themselves, and you know, maybe they they save a little bit of money on on the front end, but you know, causes a you know a, a pretty large headache, you know, on the back end at, at the very least, and at the worst, you know, it can result in a, a totally missed opportunity. Yeah, and you know, especially with family businesses, there's so much. Um so much value into open and transparent communication. There's right. so much value in in creating relationships that are not only strong outside of the business but within the business. Mm-hmm. And and so I, th- I think that becomes exponentially more important with family businesses. Right. And and so I think the other piece of it that um, I've observed is that sometimes family members because and maybe maybe the various members of the family have different roles within the business. And, and so they're used to doing things within their own tribe and, right. and to invite others that do not belong to that tribe and to um, really take in what those outsiders have to offer can be challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and you're, you're exactly right. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, not only are we dealing, you know, with you know, numbers on a page, but we're dealing with, you know, with people. And, and most yes. of the time, you know, who I'm dealing with is are you know, family-owned businesses where, you know, there's maybe multi-generational or, or maybe siblings or mm-hmm. cousins or, you know, whatever the case may be. And there's, yes. you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of emotions there as well. Um, so, which, which I think, you know, is a, is, is another reason for getting somebody else involved. Maybe, you know, to kind of, you know, get a, a independent third party to kind of, you know, state the facts objectively versus looking at them through, you know, kind of that, you know, that, that family type of lens. Yeah. And the other piece of it, I think that, that it is interesting to me about what you've said so far is that by having someone like you, who in many ways is a neutral third party, just mm-hmm. like I would be if I were, co- you know, coaching sure. in the situation, but you have a neutral third party, then the information that they offer is really based on their experience, which since it's different from the family business experience is value added just because it's different just yeah. because it, it's based on another set of circumstances and so then the family has the opportunity to take that information in take that person in and and really get a sense of what this opportunity what this perspective um, um, financial tool how it could help or how it could hurt right in the long term yeah so how about everybody loves a good story and i wonder if you'd be willing to still share a story of frustration but maybe also one of success yeah yeah absolutely um and yeah i guess i'll, I'll start with um with, with a success story um yeah everybody likes likes good news right yes <laughs> especially on a, uh, early early in the week um so so yeah i um had the, had the opportunity to work with a um, a, a family, so a, a, a husband and wife, um, and the wife was just happened to be expecting their first child, um, and you know worked with them and, and kind of you know, got to know them a little bit on the on the front end. They they kind of came to me and, and told me that they were looking to buy some businesses, you know, in their their community. That was always something they were very very passionate about, kind of being business owners in, in their local community. And um, you know they you know they they did come to me very early before they even identified a business. They they knew the general industry they wanted to be in, um, you know, in the retail you know sector. And you know for confidentiality, won't you know go too far into the details. But um, 
So you know they you know little you know, a few weeks go by they they identify a business, um, they kind of pass along the information they were given from the seller you know as far as the financials and basically you know they ask me hey is this would it be this be something you can finance um, you know at the you know here's here are the tax returns here's the purchase price is this something we could do. Um, and so, you know, I was able to look at the financials and, you know, it was a successful business, it was a very um, established business that had been there for, for 30 years. It was a part of the community and, you know, it was really, you know, it, it fit what they were looking to do because it was such a, you know, kind of embedded part of the community. And so, you know, I was able to, you know, kind of give them the, the good news that, you know, yes, I, you know, as long as everything, you know, checks out that I think this is something we could do. Um, and so, you know, we kind of went along through underwriting, um, got the loan officially approved. Um, so everyone was, you know, excited there. Um, uh, you know, we did a, a tour of the business and so, you know, was able to, we were able to go there and they were able to show me all the great things they were going to do with it and, you know, all their big plans. And so, you know, everything was, was great. Um, and on the, the day of closing, um, it just so happened that the, the husband's, um, expecting wife, um, actually went to labor a little early. <laughs> And wow. so not only were they closing on their business where, you know, they were, you know, that was a dream of theirs for, for several years, but they were, you know, welcoming in a, a new part of their family um, on the day of closing. So wow. it actually ended up being a little crazy because, you know, clearly the wife couldn't attend closing. And so the, the husband still, you know, signed, you know, signed the documents and then, uh, you know, rushed off to the hospital, of course. Um, and then once the, the baby had, you know, been you know, delivered happy and, and healthfully. Um, we actually had a, <laughs> a their attorney go to the hospital, and the wife insisted upon signing that day. You know, versus delaying anything and potentially losing the business. So, um, so that was that was definitely a cool story. Yes. Um, and really, you know, from start to finish, even even without you know the you know the, the baby, you know, just sure. it was a great opportunity, you know, great great opportunity for the for the buyers, and just a really cool you know um, reflection of of how we help fuel prosperity for. You know, small business owners, and then you know, with the added you know excitement of the baby, and you know, on the same day of closing, it's just uh, you know, it was, it was a it was a cool cool story to be a part of. Yes. And, <laughs> oh my gosh, so. the realization of two dreams on the same yeah, day. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Awesome. Yep. Okay, but how about a story of frustration? Because I know those exist too. At least they certainly do for my clients. Also. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, and something I always tell people going into to the loan process is especially if you're acquiring a new business or, or there's you know some sort of you know whether it's real estate or you know change of ownership involved there's there's usually going to be a, a point in time where we face an obstacle mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. you know that obstacle you know isn't you know uh you know a, a deal killer um, but it's something we have to address and we have to get over um, and so you know i like to tell people you know i would love to tell you we're going to close in 30 days and everything's going to be smooth sailing nothing's going to go wrong but that's not the reality mm-hmm. um you know so i always like to you know just kind of preface this story with with that um and so um and also kind of drawing on you know some of the things i think are important or missed opportunities is having that good team around you and having open lines of communication between um you know the team that's kind of where this negative experience comes from oh interesting yeah so was working with uh with a, a gentleman looking to, to acquire business um, a, again, and, and so there was a, a number of cooks in the kitchen on this one. So there was, you know, of course, the buyer and the seller. There was, you know, the bank, myself. There was the buyer and seller. Each had an attorney. Mm-hmm. There was also a business broker involved, um, and there was a definitely a. There were two. Both sides were very strong-headed. 
Um, and so the the seller didn't want to give in on you know on the things that 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 he was passionate about, and the, the buyer didn't want to you know didn't want to necessarily give in on things that he was passionate about either. So you know from the beginning it was a little contentious, um, and I think this you know just really proves you know that having a good team you know can help diffuse a situation or can help you know kind of make things worse. Escalate, um, yeah, exactly. So you know. Um, and, you know, we were going through closing and, and there, you know, there was a lot of back and forth between the buy and the sell or through various channels and, you know, including the business broker. And, you know, and, and unfortunately, the, the business broker ended up getting completely shut out of the deal um, kind of at the last minute um, because the, the seller didn't feel that he was upholding his part of the his part of the bargain. And and so that created some issues because then the business broker, you know, who had a signed agreement with the seller, um, you know, was was gonna, you know, because they had an agreement, was threatening to sue. Um, mm-hmm. And then as a bank, you know, we're not gonna put our buyer in a position where you know the business he's purchasing might be under a lawsuit. Right. <laughs> you know, so then that, you know, almost just completely unraveled the deal. Um, but luckily, you know, we were able to kind of get everyone on the same page. We, you know, were able to get a, a conference call with with all the, you know. I think there was 10 of us on the conference call and, wow. you know, kind of hash it out and, you know, it ended up, you know, it closed, you know, on time and, you know, everything was, was fine. But, um, you know, I think that was a scenario where, you know, and maybe I'm sure individually, you know, all the parties were, were, were great to work with, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there that lack of communication and, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's something that I've certainly learned from as well, you know, kind of, you know, maybe, maybe having a call like that earlier in the process, yeah. you know, to kind of familiarize everyone with, you know, where everyone's at, you know, who's responsible for what. Um, and so, you know, that was, that was certainly a, a learning experience, <laughs> um, you know, for, for I think everybody involved, myself included, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, that's certainly very telling. And I have to say in my work with people, I, I noticed that communication is usually the, the obstacle. Right. Especially when people are stressed and, and the decisions that they make are so important to their livelihoods and their futures that sure. then the emotion just runs so high. Yeah, and, and there's like I mean there's a lot of a lot of emotions involved. I mean yes. the, you know in this example when the sell the you know buying a business, you know, the, the buyer is taking a, a leap of faith. You yes. know, they're they're leaving, you know, their you know their current life and you know j- making the jump to be a small business owner and then at the same time the seller is you know, is selling his his baby. You know, yes. he's, you know, a business that he started you know thirty years ago, and you know he's he's grown it. He's, you know, um, you know, really made it his own, and um, and so you know, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of emotions involved, and um, and so you know, in some ways, you know, some of what I do is is you know, part lender, part mediator, you know, part you know counselor, and you know, kind of talking people down off ledges, and mm-hmm. you know, just telling them it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. This <laughs> this isn't the you know, this isn't the first time this has happened. So you know, and just kind of reassuring them that you know this is something that we can we can get through. It's just and it's a, it's an obstacle. You know, not a you know n- not a not a deal killer. Right. I, and I I also want people to understand that that those emotions are totally normal. I mean, this is how yeah. our, we're designed to react to change. Sure. And and so when people come to people like you and me earlier on, then we have an opportunity to equip and prepare them yep. for those obstacles. And so they're able to navigate those things more successfully. Absolutely. So, so Dennis, we're almost out of time. Um, so anything else that you'd like to add or, or to bring listeners' attention to? 
Yeah, I, I would I would kind of say just to, to wrap things up, um, you know, kind of go back to that that original list of three things um, yes. that, that I, I thought were great or I know that are great uses for the SBA product. So mm-hmm. you know, we kind of talked about the business acquisition. True. Talked about the the commercial real estate purchase. You know, where there's the rent replacement. Um, you know, uh, involved in there. Um, and the third thing, you know, kind of ties things together pretty nicely is is um, is, a, is a partner buyout. Um, oh so, yes, let's take a few minutes and talk about that. Yeah. So so oftentimes, you know, being you know working with with family owned businesses, you know, this can involve you know maybe a you know daughter buying out a, a mother or you know um, you know two two siblings that maybe have ownership. Now one sibling wants to you know go do something else or you know whatever the circumstance is. Um, you know, I think the SBA is a, is a great option for that um, for a number of reasons. Um, you know, first of all, we, you know, again, we're kind of in that, especially if there's a, the business that's being bought out is a service-based industry. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we're kind of um, faced with the challenge of there not, usually not being a ton of, of collateral for, for banks to get comfortable with. Right. Um, and so, you know, for that reason, the SBA product is, is a great product for that as well, because again, we, we take a cash flow-based approach versus a collateral-based approach. Um, and then on top of that, um, a lot of times what I see the biggest hurdle is in a partner buyout scenario is, is capital for closing. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically with a change of ownership, there is a 10% minimum down payment, essentially, equity injection into the project. Um, but because you know, the nature of a partner buyout is you know, you know, the, the party that's doing the, the buying is already a, a business owner, we can kind of utilize the existing equity in a business as that down payment. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of another advantage the SBA loan can offer in, in certain scenarios when there are when there is equity, you know, that's that's apparent on the balance sheet. Mm-hmm. The 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 buyer can can qualify for 100% financing, um, and we think, you know, we're kind of willing to take that's on. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. I I agree, and you know, we're willing to take on that. You know, uh, maybe a little more you know risk by taking on more of the project because they've already been in the business for you know how you know 10, 15 years, however yeah. long it's been. They're they're familiar with the staff, they're familiar with the clients, they're familiar with you know how things work, processes, processes, procedures, um, and so you know we we kind of think of it as you know a best case scenario for us because mm-hmm. you know we're not you know that person is already intimately familiar with the business. Um, and if there's, you know, if there's tangible equity in the business, you know, that's, that's, you can see it on the balance sheet, um, then, you know, we're, we're comfortable doing that, you know, hundred percent financing. Um, you know, of course, you know, if the business, you know, if the, the numbers make sense. Um, right. but you know, we, we think as, you know, we love doing partner buyouts, um, you know, again, because it's, you know, they're the intimate knowledge that the partners have, um, in, a, you know, in the business already. Um, and one thing I did want to note on that too, so unfortunately, um, the SBA does not allow us to do any partial buyouts or mm-hmm. partial buy-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you know, for example, if there are you know if there are three partners and one partner would like to buy the shares of another partner, um, and then you know still have the, still then two remaining partners, um, that is would not be eligible. Um, okay, that's an important factor mm-hmm. to note. However, if in that same scenario, if there's three partners and two of the partners want to buy out the, the third partner, then that would be eligible because there'd be a, a total change of ownership. I just feel like that tool could be so important for people, um, especially now when we know that so many baby boomers are wanting to yeah. pass on their businesses to the next generation. Mm-hmm. 
and and they want to be bought out yep. and yet they don't necessarily want to sell to an, a totally unknown entity right that this could be a great tool for them absolutely people. yeah and, and it doesn't doesn't necessarily, you know, it certainly doesn't have to be a uh, transfer within the family you know mm -hmm. sometimes you know you have you know mother, you know father and mother um, who have started this business and then you know the, maybe their plan initially was for you know son and daughter to you know come into the business and you know but now the, the son and daughter you know decide you know hey I, I want to go live in you know Florida and, and right. I, I'm not interested in taking over the family business and so now a lot of you know baby boomers are kind of you know stuck wondering what they're gonna do and um, you know I think that's a great opportunity for for maybe a key employee, you know, a manager that had been around for for you know, years or you know whatever the case is, mm -hmm. um, you know that that'd be a great opportunity for for you know kind of that transition. It, it may have not have been the transition they had planned or you know hoped for maybe originally, um, but you know I think you know I, I think the the principles that you know hold true for us, you know, if they've been in the business for for several years, you know that we think it's a you know it's a great lending opportunity. That's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us, Dennis. Yeah. I, I just feel like this information is so important, and it's certainly one that I'm going to share with my clients when I have the opportunity. So, hey, Dennis, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, oh, let me ask you this. What's your geographic area? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, well, great question. Um, so, so I am, like I said, I'm located in Virginia, in uh -huh. Richmond, more specifically. Mm -hmm. um, but we do have the capability to lend nationwide. And so while, you know, kind of building relationships in Virginia is my, my main focus, I, I, ha I am able to do deals all over the country. I have done deals in, in Kentucky and in Florida and Texas, Wisconsin, you know, so, you know, kind of you, you name it, um, you know, we, we, can, we can do the deal. Um, Great. You know, um, so, you know, um, you know, focusing on Virginia, but can lend pretty much anywhere. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so how <laughs> might people get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, so we have um, a, uh, Atlanta Capital Bank has a website um, where there is a, a specific um, SBA portion of that website. Um, so you could look up my, you know, my information, you know, via, via, you know, that. And I think my, my email, my, my phone number is directly on there. Um, also, my, I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, and so if you'd like to search me on LinkedIn, you know, again, my name is, is Dennis Wagner. You know, should shouldn't be too hard to find, hopefully. <laughs> um, and you can you know certainly reach out that way. Great. Um, and uh, you know, or you know, if they want to reach out to you and you want to make an introduction, you know, that, that that's perfect as well. Perfect. So, listeners, it sounds like if you would like to potentially buy out a partner or a family member, or if you're a key employee and would like to buy out the owner of the business that you're currently in. Or if you are a business owner and would like to acquire another company or you're outgrowing your space, I think Dennis is the person for you to give a call and, and see what you can work out. And if you'd like to learn more about working with me as your coach, feel free to call me at 804-372-7575 or go to my website, ascendtosell.com. And I'd love it if you'd leave a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your contacts. Thanks so much. <laughs>